Rusty Quill presents. ...file with the Department of Education could see their student loans automatically... ...reveals what they found. More than 11,000 documents, 33 boxes, seven of Wireland Ranch, and now the Friends, it's so nice to see you here around the bend at Wireland Ranch, and here we are again, finding ourselves back at the beginning. I, I believe they used to call this full circle, round trip, orbiting all the way back to our driver, friends, navigating south on Highway 78, away from the ravaged husk of downtown Bly. Now, no more than a crater that will eventually become Thilia, and then a crater again. Such is the cycle down here at the ranch. Wrong tape. How many times must I tell you Vietnam is never coming back no matter how much you play his little black magic incantation. Now, get me the right tape. Overseer, please bear with us. I'm so very sorry for this little mishap. Allow me to play the soothing songs of sunspots while you wait. Our driver does not seem to notice the voice on his radio or the ghost tape number 10 that it infiltrated his ears, his eyes instead darting back and forth between the windshield now streaked and muddy from an attempt to wipe what was left of Reynolds' curiosities and the box that sits on his passenger seat. The box given to him by that ghostly light that maybe saved him from a desk monster with her rainbow worm hair pits. But of course, friends, our driver does not remember this clearly, doesn't remember much at all, in fact, and finds himself having to look down at his phone to recall exactly what it is he's doing right now. And every time he looks, he sees the $175 delivery, smiles, and strains again to peer through the mud. Every few minutes, though, a sinking feeling forms in the pit of his stomach, best described as a sort of existential dread, a seed of paranoia, and a thought that something is just not right, though he can't seem to place it. Yet, when that feeling begins to sink into his mind, his eyes move of their own volition beyond his control, to glance at the box and that feeling dissipates to wherever thoughts go once our brains take out the trash except during the reign of Operation Mockingbird when all those thoughts were typed and stored in servers deep inside Silicon Valley and friends I know I've seen them though our driver does not notice if you or I were to look at that box 
even for a moment, we would know deep down in our souls that something is very much not right. We would notice the way that it vibrates to the touch as though something undulates within, as though something emanates. In fact, we might get the sense that box is not the correct noun at all, but rather casket or even arc may be more fitting. The receptacle itself is a thing to behold, dark acacia wood stained in the same style as the desk from the curiosity shop, gray grain peering through sable void deep as night, starless and Bible black. Runes are carved on the lid, runes that you and I have come across once before, friends, chalked onto cobblestone during the birth of a certain someone way back in 1895 when the world was only slightly less fucked up that it is as you hear this. An engraved frame surrounds those bygone markings, two orchids rooted to the bottom, spinning and swirling around umbilical vines and leaves meeting above dead in the center, petals touching and symbiotic embrace. Did you find it? You had it last. I don't know why this shit is always on me. Because shit rolls downhill. Now, now shut up and find it. We're out of sunspot ambience. Play the hold music. I don't think he even notices. Uh, yes. Do, do you notice? Our driver does not notice. Walmart or DMV? Give him the Walmart. That shit's a jam. <laughs> the streetlights shine dirty through the brakes and the filth. Our driver hits the wipers once more, this time fluid-free, and large clumps of dirt break off and fly over the top of the car, sliding shadows over his face from the metal halide no, gleaming look. through the sunroof. No, he looks in the rearview mirror to determine if his actions affected any other cars because at heart look our driver away. is a genuinely good person but Stop. looking was look a fucking away. mistake. Fucking away. Everything goes dark. The world before him shatters like a broken mirror. Pieces falling away and leaving dead black in its wake and that feeling in the pit of his stomach takes control of his entire body, overwhelming him with the type of fear a person must experience in their final moments on this plane. A kaleidoscopic nightmare forms around him, mouths and eyes growing arms in his periphery, fast approaching, reaching toward him, lashing at his face and tearing at the skin on his throat and chest, blood pours from the open wounds soaking through his clothes and a voice begins speaking from inside his own mind. Pray, pray, pray you never see any of this world again. Pray you never see megastores and half-off clearance shops, million-dollar Super Bowl commercials, billboards glowing LED bright, and beckoning with promises of secure banking, fruit-flavored soda, and plumbing at reasonable rates. Pray the time for destruction has passed. Pray you never see glass crack shooters and new tankers grow extension cords and garlic throwing pink tuntuns and six-inch heels digging into the backs of strange men, broken bottles blessing on men's city streets. Pray you never hear your children cry for help. Never hear political theorists predicting presidents behind polished paper round tables on governments sponsoring the president's Pray you never hear another apology. Pray you never know your family. The inevitable disappointment that will stem from that. Pray you never know what you seem to think. Once you do, you can never look them in the eye again. Pray you never feel the tears split into complex ceiling deltas on Reddit. 
really never experienced their causes. Funerals, separations with traumas, and days wasted away with fantasies of the life you wanted but could never have. Pray you never feel pain, never lie, smile, or scream, never feel the eyes burning into your flesh, you want to quiet, and out of rhythm, and the door slams shut behind you. Pray that you never be judged. Pray you never know the truth. Never realize reality is my perception. Pray you never grasp the outstanding blankness the breath in your lungs, the blood coursing through solid numbers and rings, the memories you hold so dear, the balances of big accounts. All the reasons which kept you from planting bullets into brain, razor into wrist, and head into skin. Pray that hate, love, defy definition aren't merely trite four-letter terms developed to describe the animal instincts to fuck and kill. Pray what you have known to this point, to the right here and the here now, meant anything because it doesn't anymore. Pray there is a god above you and a devil. Our driver looks away from the mirror. His hands shake on the steering wheel, and everything seems to be back where it belongs. He feels as though something is different now, that something within him has changed, that maybe whatever purity he had left within him had been eaten, digested, and returned to him, twisted, torn, and misshapen, but friends, that does not matter where he is going in truth. Not much does. We told you not to look. They own you now. And you'll never get yourself back. Our driver stares stunned at the road unfolding before him. The box in the passenger seat vibrates and all is as it was. We're so sorry we couldn't find it. He changes the channel on the radio taking note of the call sign to avoid listening to that absolutely ridiculous station ever again. Due to his current set of, shall we call them, influences, the remnant buzz of the voice from his delivery pickup and the strange ease he feels when he looks down at his phone and by proxy, the box, he does not seem to notice the starry void that now fills his rearview mirror, but if he did, he'd notice the same through the rear glass yawning vacancy with no end as though the world is just done once he passes through sucked into the abyss along with his old life his partner his kids his hopes his dreams as if they were working out anyway but also his bills his credit score his chronic gout and that limit of a heart he was unfortunately born with yes friends after tonight our driver has a new life a new mode of existence a new niche but for now his gaslight is on and you guessed it, friends, and just a few short days from this moment, Mr. Orange will be viewing this footage on Clearview AI, with a sheriff well on his way to a shattered brain, which I think we can agree, friends, is better by leaps and bounds than his normal cop-brained. Pops gas and sundries is the last station before the desert swallows a car for an hour and spits it out on the other side in a town that may look slightly different but still has the McDonald's, the Walmart, two courthouses, and more than a few churches. The gas is expensive, as is most last option gas. The hot dogs are on point, though, and the 
Desert Skies brand burritos are a thing to adore, but as our driver attempts to turn the car into the lot, he notices the steering wheel push back, almost refusing to make the turn. He pumps the gas pedal damn near to the floor of the car, guns forward and almost jumps the lip of the entrance, barreling toward the pumps and coming remarkably close to a patron, standing with a Coke in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Ah, it's locked onto something in the distance, but when he looks the same direction, through the driver's side window, he sees nothing, just a plain old night sky, but our driver waved apologetically just as he had to the wood-paneled station wagon he'd almost hit and he got this order to begin with, and he carefully guided his car to the gas pump to avoid further embarrassment and attempted vehicular homicide charges. Only when he attempted to open the door, it locked. He pushed the auto unlock button repeatedly, friends, but it would lock again just as quickly. That feeling in the pit of his stomach began to rise in him again. He could feel it in his throat, his face flushing hot and red. Suddenly, he found himself struggling to breathe. His heart quickens as he presses the button over and over. Before his eyes, the box that had been sitting there calmly this whole time just being a box started to shake bouncing itself off the seat, a high-pitched whine emanating from within. As the sound enters his ears, his blood pressure lowers and his breath comes normal and even. And he wonders for a moment where all those feelings came from because, as far as he can tell, well, everything is just fine. He pulls the handle, the door opens, and he steps out into the night. Now the difference between what our driver perceives and the reality around him is quite the divide, where our driver sees a few people staring off into the distance in the direction he'd just come from. The reality is fucking bedlam. People run and trample one another into the concrete in a hectic mad dash away from his vehicle. They fight, they scream, they panic and fall to the ground. Unexpectedly, there are puddles of blood with footsteps splashed out in splatters on the asphalt. And for sure, at least one person has died. But our driver just walks past all of this as if nothing is happening. His eyes focus first on the door and then the counter at the point of cell, which appears to be currently vacant. Screams erupt from all around him, but it all sounds like laughter to him if he hears anything at all, which is doubtful. The ground rumbles beneath the store in bursts, and if we were to listen close enough and pay attention to the pattern, we may recognize those rumbles as footsteps, but... That would require a careful and studied fear. A roll of thunder approaches closer and closer, and as it reaches the apex of its potential, the window shatters, exploding into a store, cutting our driver in the process, but he does not seem to register this either. A woman shrieks and slams the bathroom door behind her with a loud click of the door lock, but friends, she does not want to be trapped in there, I assure you. Our driver walks casually to the counter, and stands there staring at the lottery tickets. Maybe, maybe after this delivery, he might pick one up, one of those $20 guys. And with the streak of luck he's on today, well, he might just win. And wouldn't that be the cherry on top of this dope-ass money Sunday he was currently treating himself to? It's a few stretch moments before he realizes that the attendant is not where the attendant should be. And he does his best to peer through the no ID, no alcohol notices and the we reserve the right to refuse service signs and the winning tickets all taped to the bulletproof glass separating the employees from the nefarious citizenry. 
He reaches under the dip in the counter where he should be currently sliding his money in for this gas he needed to complete this delivery and get back to his house before midnight preferably to move aside a no shoplifting sign so he could see behind the glass a little easier and then he spots her. A young redheaded woman shivering on the dirty white tile floor following his hand with her eyes the way you would a snake on the ground in the woods. Fervent and focused and still. He snaps his fingers and she looks through the crack in the papers to meet his gaze and he says, Are you okay? A tear drifts down her cheek drawing a mascara line as she slowly shakes her head to say, No, her lip quivering and smeared with pink lipstick and he says, Can I, can I help you? Outside, a roar sweeps through the streets, another roll of thunder, though the night is dark and the street lights have gone out. You would have looked close, you'd seen the outline of a large red and black slime smeared paw reaching up over the back of the store, resting a long, cold claw onto the ventilation fan on the roof. A terrible laugh fills the air, blotting out the roars and the screams, but inside our driver says, If there's anything I can do, please tell me. It's, it's okay, he says. I, I know what it's like to be overwhelmed, but when the woman hears the laugh, her tears break free and her head shakes back and forth in a frantic, No, 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 this can't be happening. This can't be fucking happening, but it is, I'm afraid, and there's nothing our driver can do to help except leave and let this disaster follow along behind him into the void but of course he does not realize that such a thought would require faculties of which he is currently slapped out look he says i i just need gas so so i'm gonna slide this tin under the window and go i i hope whatever it is that's bothering you will work itself out i find that it often does you you have a beautiful night okay the redhead stares at him, spellbound and stunned. I cannot verify the thoughts going through her head, but I do know there is something along the lines of... <laughs> Friends, she is absolutely correct. After our driver leaves and drags this mess with him, she will watch as an eye holding the embodied gaze of filth and greed and corruption stares through her very being and that stare will strip the soul from her spine and leave her as a shell with her faith in the good old God she has trusted all her life cracked and empty. And unfortunately for her children and her parents and all of her friends, she will put the shotgun to her head the owner keeps behind the counter and leave her own skull in the same state. As our driver steps back out into the lot over the shards of broken glass, crushed bags of chips, and the remnants of an overturned coffee maker, the paw on the roof reaches further out, slamming down and shattering the residue of the ancient algae you are so reliant on. Even the streets beneath your feet are a mockery of the planet, and when you look at things that way, it's no wonder this creature exists. Where else do such vile energies go? The claw sinks into unconscious bodies laying like parked cars between yellow lines and they go from unconscious to dead in an instance which isn't that much of a stretch friends but our driver pumps his 1.89 gallons of gas and now he may just make it to wherever he's going. His phone dings scolding him for this pause in the delivery saying you do not appear to be heading toward your destination let us know how we can help.
This makes him laugh because have you ever called one of those companies for assistance? Our driver fiddles with his phone and hits play on his podcast app for the background noise. He can't stop thinking about that woman wondering what was wrong with her and what he could have done to help her at anything, but none of you have time to help anyone anymore. Wrapped up as you are, just trying to survive while a few of you had the world in your pockets and those people have never helped a soul. How else do you think they got their money? Behind his car in that old abyss-swallowed world, our creature has a new friend, a sibling composed of corruption in the guise of the great worms of old with a big, dumb face. But we must not let that face fool us, friends. Their eyes may cross when they think, and their mouth may hang open, but when it comes to fucking shit up, it comes real natural-like. The two slither and bound after the vehicle, having left Pop's gas and sundries in shambles and having more than a little to do with the nightmare that is now downtown Blythe, but that is a story for another time for now. They have to stop what is coming. They have to cut this off at the head because they will not stand for another disruption to their future, another threat to their reign. Such a slight will not be tolerated. And little does our driver know that He is the head that must be cut off, the bud that must be nipped. For with him comes new power, new blood to wash through the ranch, and maybe, if things go just proper, usher in a new era for you and everyone you know, and by proxy, myself as well. But we will just have to see how that works out, won't we? But spoiler, though, not too well. Outside of Palo Verde, the night is brisk. The wind blows dust over vast swaths of badlands and rolls tumbleweeds across the burrows of hard-nosed skunks, darkling beetles, and desert shrews. His GPS shows three miles left, but you can see for ages out this way, and all there is is nothing in every direction. Our driver struggles to recall if he's ever seen anything out here, and as far as he can remember, the answer is undoubtedly no, but this is a leave-at-the-door type situation, so... He gets paid regardless, even if that door does not exist. The idiot worm digs into the ground like a sharp knife slicing through flesh and the hole fills in behind them as if they were never there. The red-spotted million-mouthed creature leaps forward to close the distance on our driver, and for a moment the moon is blotted out above the desert, removing the silver sheen and starlight dance from the earth. Our driver stares in confusion and his phone in the map shows a sharp turn coming up quickly, but the road doesn't show any sign of a break or driveway, just a slightly curved yellow line reaching out for miles and miles. That panic begins eating at him one last time, but before it can go too far, the box emits its high-frequency squeal and his eyes glaze over once again. He opens the delivery app on his phone and navigates to the drop-off instructions for a single vague, strange moment. He recalls the pickup instructions for this delivery and there was something weird about them and it's even weirder he cannot remember it at all. His memory is usually pretty good for smoking as much as he does, but for some reason this all sort of seems smeared in his mind, erased or amended. On the map, he sees that the actual pen for the drop-off is not too far off the road. It's common practice for most out-of-the-way deliveries to use a pen, and 
He's dropped things in some weird places in his time, so really this would only be slightly out of the ordinary. So he pulls his car off to the side of the road, studying the edge of the asphalt to see if there was even the possibility of an overgrown driveway or path to cut back through the desert, but alas, there was not. So our driver pumps the car in park, but leaves the headlights on, pointed toward the direction of the pan. The night rushes by him and his head whips forward as his car slides and fishtails, tires scrubbing along the road, filling the air with the smell of burned rubber. An impossible roar charges down the highway, a cloud of sound gathering dust and old cigarette butts from the shoulder and pushing toward the vehicle like an invisible wall with the force of hell and all its demons behind it. Before he can even register what's happening, windows burst. The mirrors shatter and shards of glass fly around him, shredding more of his already bloody face and throat. His whole universe seemed to pause for a moment, his hands gripping the steering wheel, eyes wide and bulging, every particle in the air visible and shimmering, and under different circumstances, this moment could be one of beauty and deep philosophical inquiry, but as it stands, not so much. As it stands, come tomorrow, he won't remember a goddamn thing. The car comes to a stop and the glass and dust fall out of the air, falling to a floorboard with clinks and twinkles and... For a second, everything was quiet and peaceful. But that second was just that gone in an instant, and our driver felt a rumble coming out of the darkness, so he runs. He, he runs as fast as his feet would move off the road and onto the hard, dry earth. He screams, and all he wants is to be anywhere other than here, but something calls after him, forces him to turn and look at the car he left behind. As he does, his teary eyes fall on the monster, and while he should have been frozen, like a rabbit in the headlights, the mysterious call in his head beckons him back, because it seems he has forgot something very important. It seems as though he left the box behind. A terrible pain grips his temple as though his skull was being tightened in a vice. He looked back behind him for a moment toward the wide-open desert, a place that welcomed disappearance. He could maybe be safe, but his feet refused to move in that direction from the north. He could see the giant shadow of a large dog stepping gradually toward his car. It moved sleek and purposeful. Our driver thinks he has time, friends. The thing does not seem to have his location just yet, and it does not appear to be headed toward him, so he takes off toward the car, bending low to draw as little attention as possible. I know... You're out here, boy. I can smell you. I can hear your feet like sweet music from the orchestra section. There is no place for you here, boy. And I am willing to call this even if you were just to show yourself. The creature cranes its head, looking around, but our driver, moving low and quick in the dark, has not yet been spotted, and he's almost there, friends. He's almost to the door. Just a few more steps, just a few more, and he'll be there. The thought does not cross his mind once that no box is worth walking toward a massive shadow sniffing him out. No box is worth any of this. 
All he wanted was to take a little extra money home to make his children's life slightly better if only just for a couple days to smoke a joint and eat some fast food and fall asleep in bed next to the woman he loved so dearly even after all these years but now all he can think about is that fucking box. The tears stream from his eyes again as he reaches for the door and pulls the handle, the noise loud and sharp. The dog-like creature takes off toward him, shaking the earth with every pounce and leap. He grabs the box from the seat and runs back out into the desert, the package gripped tight to his chest, blood dripping onto the runes from his lacerated cheeks. We are running here to the same place already, but for very different reasons. Have you, have you even thought about what you're doing? Have you even asked yourself what is in that box you hold so close? Have you even once considered that thing might be the cause of all this? Our driver screamed when he heard his name, screamed and fell to his knees. Something broke in him, released him, and he found himself there in the desert, bleeding and horrified and so, so confused. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know where he is. He was just at that weird shop with the fuck is this what the fuck is happening right now yes look around you boy where is it you find yourself right now what are you doing out here in this dead dead place alone and bloody talking into a fucking monster our driver cannot answer these questions. The box in his arms begins squirming, something inside knocking back and forth, pulsing and broadcasting the frequency that activated the neurotoxin in his brain that had been placed there by the voice at the shop. His mouth goes slack, and he picks himself up, hugging the box carefully to his chest. But this time, it did not work. Our driver stares dead ahead, ignoring the creature entirely, the power swaying him stronger this close to the ranch, this close to the source, and well, there is a much that can save him now, friends. Out of the ground comes the big dumb worm, always eager to be nosy in situations such as this. He breaks free of the desert floor, sand undulating as it pushes upward and cascades away against the body of sleek tourmaline scales rising from within. Rising almost forever, it seems, reaching up toward the sky, towering over them both and wrapping its articulated vertebrae around the entire scene, corralling our driver in place. The hyena dashes toward our driver, gnashing and snapping at him with his thousand line mouths, 
growl growing deep inside, with a quick snap of infinite mouths trailing behind one another in a thousand colors, wavy and lagging as though time itself stopped when those jaws unhinged, a million tongues lapping at the sky, streams of spit slung in curbs forming a knotted sigil in the air, but only for a moment. When the jaw snapped shut, the sigil flashed and the creature moving so fast it blurred the molecules in the space around it, curbing through dimensions and catching our driver by the belt around his waist. You, you promised me that you would treat me better. You, you promised me that you would respect me. serpent body shudders and convulses, shaking the air in the ring formed by his body, our driver's glazed eyes slow stream tears through the blood on his face as if something inside him is horrified but cannot break through. His jaw is set and the package is latched into his arms, blood now pouring into the runes on the lid. A black and red flame forms along the carvings, burning his skin, but he does not release it. He does not flinch. The squealing frequency emanating from inside sounds desperate as though it is all the box can do to hold on to the chemically stitched mind and its grasp. The massive serpent bursts into full-fledged tears, causing the atmosphere itself to tremble, sand and dust vibrating on the ground, dancing just above. A disc of pink light flashes from outside the ring, freezing everything it touches along the way in place. The night is hushed and tranquil, immobile. From the other side of the serpent's body, a light moves, rupturing the darkness around it, infinitesimal fissures like the air cracks and chips away before it. It fades into the outside of the body, and for a moment the world is dark again before it steps out into the circle. Poised and dignified, brilliant as the stars that bore her, she slides to the center. You can feel the disappointment in the air. I am sorry about this, overseer. And with that, our driver is out. Gone to the waiting room in hyperspace, and he'll be gone for quite a while, the long haul, you might say, but worry not, friends, we will catch up to him there, I promise. Now, I feel I need to describe our driver's last few minutes before his transition out of this plane to the dream tone limbo designed just for him. So this is your trigger warning. I want to thank you for coming to see us again here round the bend, and we hope you will join us next time when we finally make it inside, official-like, I mean, through the doors of Wireland Ranch.
Thank you again, friends. Before he had awoken, he was placed on a chair. Metal twined and spun to fit his body as though suspended in the air by thousands of razor-thin wires equally distributing his weight. His clothes had been stripped from his body and the blood had been cleansed from his skin. His hands were stripped and Along the top edge, right along the stitch, needles pierced his forearms and provided a constant drip drop of a little something special. And when his eyes opened, the lids revealed delicate circuitry sewn through the sclerae around his pupils. Precious metals mined by children in artisanal mines and planted in a somewhat permanent fashion. Attached to knots of wires, attached to knots of other wires. Reaching to a table beside him, grabbed a drill with a phosphor bronze bit and positioned the tip directly over the bridge of his nose, just below his eye line. He didn't feel a thing as it pushed through the bone headed toward his cella turcica at the very center of his brain, but there is where he found the hands reached into the box and removed with the care of a newly born infant, a molten golden blob, ever shifting and bubbling, forming limbs and melting back in on itself. The hands placed this thing gently in a petri dish on the table beside the overseer's chair and a sparkling wire reached down from the ceiling like a silken spiderweb and slid through the shifting golden figment, bringing it to life after a fashion. The thing shot strands of gold around the edges of the hole in the overseer's head and used those strands to pull itself out of the dish and across the table. Tiny hands formed along the strands to pull more efficiently to cover more ground and within minutes had settled itself into the hole and slid inside. The skin grew over and that is all. The overseer's eyes opened and adjusted to the light as Avria said. Welcome overseer. It's... Interesting, Interesting to see you again. To see you again.